right, let's get into the teaching today. Um, it's been an interesting week. We've done a lot of stuff around our house, trying to work from home as much as we possibly can. Uh, I'm in and out of the office some, but not a whole lot. But, um, but one thing that I need, and, and, I, and here's the deal, if, if this thing goes on too many more weeks, I'm going to have to put a bowl over my head and cut my own hair. Because I'm telling you, this mess is getting shaggy. Another week or so, and I can do a Benny Hinn comb over. It's going to be real easy to do, because it's just going to go, whoop. And uh, this stuff, you know, that's what's going on. I, I try to get Kim to just take the clippers and just shave my head, but she won't do it. So um, I got to get a haircut, guys. I got to get a haircut. Here's the deal. Nobody knows how long this stuff's going to last. There's a lot of speculation out there. Uh, I know the schools have been, uh, uh, they're going to be canceled through the rest of the year. I know you're not canceled, but you're not going to the school's uh, campuses and you're doing school at home, but they're not going to be meeting together. Um, don't know how long it's going to last. And here's the deal. Regardless of how long it lasts, we're in it and we've got to make the best of it. But as I was thinking this week of what I want to talk with you about today, we've been talking uh, through the life of David a little bit last Sunday, obviously Easter. And, uh, today I want to kind of talk with you about how to exit this season. How do we finish strong? How do we finish stronger? Uh, because here's, here's what I know in life. And, and, and during seasons. It's not how you start a season that matters nearly as much as how you end the season is what really matters most. We're going to be looking today at 1 Peter. This is a passage that got laid on my heart early this past week. I've been studying through it. Uh, it actually was, one, it was our uh, scripture for today through, through our, our uh, verse of the day in you version. If you're following along, look at the verse, uh, 1 Peter 1, verse 3 down through verse 7. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We celebrated that last Sunday. We've been celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the single most important event in the history of the world. It is literally the single thing that sets Christianity apart from other, any other religion in the world, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We serve a risen Lord, not a dead God. Amen. So we have this living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into, verse 4 says, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is revealed, ready to be revealed, rather, in the last time. Here's, here's where we are today. Verse 6, in all this you greatly rejoice... Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. I think we would all uh, agree together that this uh, quarantine season, this season of physical distancing has been a very difficult time for most everyone. Uh, most everyone that I talk with, most everyone that I, that I have any kind of contact with, uh, everybody's over this. We want this to be over with. We want to be able to get, be out and talking with people. We want to be together here uh, on campus on Sundays as a community of faith. I think we would all agree that we are suffering some type of grief during this trying time. Verse 7, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith the greater work than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, they result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So I'm going to give you five things this morning uh, rather quickly about how do we finish strong. How do we finish strong during this season 
of, of uh, trials. All right. The first thing we got to be able to do in any kind of situation, in any trial, is that we have to be able to embrace the season. Uh, too often we, we want to we want to push back against it. We want to fuss and we want to we want to grumble and we want to complain. We want to push back. Why do I have to go through this? None of those questions are even relevant when you're in this stuff. What you have to be able to do, what all of us, each of us have to be able to do, is embrace this season for what it is. The Bible teaches us that difficulties and suffering never happen without a purpose behind them. There's always a purpose behind the situation that we're in. We may have, we may have gotten ourselves there through bad decisions. It may have been something that the enemy brought into our life. I'm not saying any of those are the case with this thing. I'm saying that we're in this situation. God has a purpose and a plan underneath it for each and every one of us individually. We've got to be able to embrace the season so that we can come out on the other side a better person and a stronger person than we went into it. Even Jesus had to do this. Hebrews 5 tells us that even Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. So look at verse 7 again, though now, or verse 6 again, now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief of all kinds. These have come. What? What have come? These trials, these seasons of grief and all kinds of trials, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. We have to embrace the season of growth. Embrace the season of purpose. Whatever it is that's coming out of this, whether it's your marriage that is getting closer because you've been cooped up together. Maybe, maybe you've, had to spend, you've got to spend more time with your children than you have than you ever thought you would ever have to do during something like this, but now things have happened in your relationships. Maybe you've dug deeper in God's word. I know that we've seen so many people that have been connected to Generations United Church through the Bible studies in the morning, through the Wednesday night uh, Bible study that Pastor Tommy does, to our Sunday morning services. What they've, what they've told me with the numbers of folks that we've had watching the full services on, online on Sunday morning. We have more people watching on Sunday morning during this season than we actually have in attendance, physical attendance over two services on Sunday morning. People's lives are being changed through this time. Embrace the season. Embrace the season. Because there's a purpose behind this. Everyone's purpose for this season is different. But we can all know God in a deeper way. We can all live more connected than we've ever lived. We can all make a difference in the lives of those that, we are, that we're in contact with. Number two, you have to guard your heart and you have to guard your mind. I said earlier uh, in the year in a series on fear, I said out of 2 Timothy 1.27, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. Here's the thing. You can find yourself in a fearful mode during seasons like this. We can be afraid because there's so much uncertainty. There's so much unknown. We don't know what's going on out there. We get, we get this word from this person. We get this word from this leader, and the politicians are doing this, and the politicians are doing that, and the scientists are saying this, and the scientists are saying that. No one really knows what's really going on. I don't think. Here's the real deal. If we embrace this season, it doesn't really matter. The Bible assures us, Ecclesiastes said, there's a time and a, and a place for everything. There's a season for everything. There's a beginning and an ending to everything. There's a seed time and there's a harvest. There's going to be an end to this. But if we don't guard our minds and we don't guard our hearts against fear during seasons like this, against, against anger and bitterness during seasons like this, here's, here's the thing about fear. Fear is a bully. 
I'm sure we can all remember when we were in school and we were younger and, were, and we run across bullies. Maybe your children had to deal with a bully. I know there's a lot of anti-bullying stuff going on in our culture today, and it should be the case. But fear is a bully. It takes from you everything, but it gives you nothing in return. During a season like this, if we're going to guard our heart and mind, we've got to make a decision. Our decision is, am I going to let myself become bitter at all of the, the inconvenience of this? All of a sudden, I never wanted to be a teacher. Now I'm teaching my children at home of all places. I can get angry about this. I can get bitter about this. I can't get the supplies that I need when I need them. I can't have the conversation that I want to have. I don't have the closeness that I typically have. I can get bitter or I can allow this season through God to make me a better person. Bitter or better, it's a decision. I don't know who said it, but I, I had it in, in, a, in a file that I keep of just quotes and things like this. Someone said this, they said, storms are inevitable, but misery is a decision. Storms are inevitable. We can't do anything about those of us, especially those of us that live on the Gulf Coast here. We know storms are inevitable. You live here long enough, you're going to go through a storm. You're going to go through a situation. Excuse me, with the weather, there's going to be a hurricane, there's going to be a tropical storm. They're inevitable. In our everyday life, storms are inevitable. Jesus actually said that in his word. But misery as a result of the storm or the result of the season is a decision that we all make. We don't have to find ourselves in a place of miserableness. I don't even know if that's a word. Maybe it is. I don't know. But here's what I do know, that misery is a decision. Philippians 4, 7 says this, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. I can't get any peace because the news tells me this, and the president's saying this, and the governor's saying that, and the sign. Listen to me. It's not the peace of the president. It's not the peace of the governor. It's not the peace of the CDC or the World Health Organization or even your own family doctor. The peace that holds us is the peace of God. It goes beyond understanding, and it guards our hearts, and it guards our minds. I talked about this a moment ago. Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. Why did he tell us this? He talks, the, the, the phrase actually begins like this. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you're going to have problems. In this world, you're going to have trouble. In this world, you're going to have quarantine. In this world, there's going to be COVID-19. In this world, there's going to be death and destruction. In this world, there's going to be season of change and difficulty. But I'm telling you this so that you can have peace because take heart. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. And because we live in Christ and Christ lives in us, guess what did that make us? That makes us overcomers as well. Listen to me, Jen, you, those of you that are listening this morning, choose the peace. Choose the peace and not the storm. Choose the peace and not the storm. Number three, rejoice in it. Rejoice in it. Don't just wait till, till Pastor Charlie and the team start on Sunday morning at 1010. Don't just wait until our worship team cranks it up on Sunday morning. Rejoice in this. James 1 tells us that we consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when we face trials of many kinds. Romans 5, Paul said, we also glory in our sufferings. If we make the decision to rejoice during a time like this, you say, well, what do I have to rejoice about? You're alive. You're breathing. You saw the day, you saw the sun rise this morning. 
Rejoice in that fact. Maybe, maybe you can look at everything and maybe you're overwhelmed by everything that's going on. But here's what we do when we have those moments when we're overwhelmed. It's not our own joy that we begin to rejoice through. It's the joy of the Lord because that joy is our strength. Nehemiah 8.10, this day, this day is holy to our God. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Here's what I want you to know. Joy is a response, but it's not an action. Just as misery is a choice, joy is a choice as well. And when you can't muster up your own, then we have the joy of the Lord that becomes a strength in our life to move us through the day. Joy is a response, not an action. Number four, persevere through it. I don't know when this is going to be over. I wish it was over four weeks ago. I wish we'd never gone into this, but we're in it. But how we finish is more important than how we began. How, your attitude three or four weeks ago is not what's important. It's going to be your attitude from this day forward, how you finish this season that we're in. Stay the course. There is always a process to God's promises. Always a process to God's promises. Psalm 37 in the Living Bible says this, Don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Keep traveling steadily along this pathway, and in due season, what does that mean? When the season's over, when the season is due, he will honor you with every blessing. Listen to me, Genu. Don't get to the end of this and look back with regret. Don't get to the end of this and look back re with regret. Wait patiently. Don't be impatient for God to act. Keep moving steadily along this pathway. And in due season, when the season is due, God's going to honor you with every blessing. Romans 5 tells us, we, we read the first part of it a while ago about glorying in our suffering because we know, and here's why, here's why we glory in our sufferings. We know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. The reason Jesus was raised from the dead, the reason Jesus ascended to the Father, the reason he went to the cross and all those things was so that he could go away and send the comforter to us. That Holy Spirit has been poured out into our hearts and we have that love of the Holy Spirit and we have that hope that comes through him and the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and me, enabling us to persevere, to stay the course, to come out on the other end of it. James 1 says, consider it pure joy when we face trials because, here's that purpose again, we know the testing of our faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Well, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Wait a minute. Let's finish the verse. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and that wisdom will be given to you. That wisdom will be given to you. Persevere. Stay the course. So how do we finish strong during this season of crisis? How do we finish strong? Well, we embrace it. We guard our heart and our mind. We rejoice in it. We persevere through it. We stay the course. We know God. We live connected. We make a difference. And finally, this is the last thing for this morning. Trust God in it and trust God with it. Trust God in it and trust God with it. 
Tommy talked about the, talent, the parable of the talents during the offering time earlier today. And here's the deal with that. The perception of that, that, the person that received the one. He had a skewed perception of who the master was. Listen to me. God has proven his faithfulness over and over and over and over again. They were singing this morning about the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God that's running after, that's pursuing you and I. God is proven to be trustworthy of his children. We can trust God with seasons of difficulty and change because God never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and he'll be the same tomorrow and forever. We can trust God because God is a good God. We can trust God because his word tells us that his plan for us is to prosper us and to not harm us, to give us a hope and to give us a future. We can trust God because God knows the end from the beginning and he knows when this is going to be over. No one else does, but God knows. And we can trust God in it and with it because his promises are yes and amen. There's one passage of scripture that's, that's bubbled up during every one of my teachings during this season, and that is this, Psalm 25, 15, the first few words, my eyes are ever on the Lord. Genuine, we will be stronger. Those of you that are listening out there, if you embrace this season, if you guard your heart, if you rejoice in this, if you persevere, stay the course, and if you trust God in it and with it, you will be stronger when this is over than it was when it began. I wish I could just hear you all clapping your hands and saying amen right now. But I know this beyond the shadow of a doubt that God's got it, and God's got you, and God's got this situation in the control. And we will grow stronger. Amen? Amen. Right there where you're at, if you don't mind standing up in your living room, or in your, in your, well, don't stand up if you're driving your car down the road. You shouldn't be watching this if you're driving your car down the road. But wherever you are right now, let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Before we pray that, I want to remind you again, if you want to go to Israel, email me today, okay? We'd love to have you go. Kim and I would love to take you there and have you go with us through that wonderful, wonderful country where our Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ walked. But let's say the Lord's Prayer together this morning. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen and amen. God bless you, Jen Yu. I'm going to send you back to the virtual lobby. Kids Corner is coming up in just a moment. Be safe and be blessed.